Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. And welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple in Under 10 Minutes. I am your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by Dan. I'm ready to do this thing quick and dirty, and let's get out of here in under 10 minutes. Kruger. That is me. I'm all those things. <laughs> so, Dan, today we're going to be talking about the biggest risks in real estate. We are unapologetically pro real estate, almost to a fault. We sing the praises of this mighty investment vehicle from the rafters because we believe in it so strongly, but let's play devil's advocate. Let's look at it from the other side of the coin today and think about the biggest risks to real estate investing. And we've identified, I don't know, what do we got here? Five or six of the biggest risks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go through them real quickly for you. And let's, let's start at the top. Number one, as with all investments, you could lose your money. You could lose your money. You could lose all of it. It's a thing. All of it could go away. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you do your homework, you listen to our content, the likelihood of that happening is quite low. But theoretically, if you put your money into a bad deal, you could be out all of that money. So, you know, the main question is okay, that's a risk that's out there with any investment. How do you mitigate that risk? How do we mitigate that risk? So, we do a lot of things to mitigate the risk of losing money in our deals. Specifically, uh, we have inspectors that come in and take a look at any property that we're going into, and they inspect everything from every outlet and sink uh, up to the roof, down to the boilers and HVAC systems, windows, grounds around the building. Every little piece of every little building gets inspected so that we know exactly how long all those components on that building are going to last. And that really mitigates the risk of having your roof cave in if you didn't see that coming or something like that. So that's one of the biggest things we do is we inspect each property we do thoroughly. Every unit, every outlet, every window gets inspected. Mm-hmm. And then as as a result of that, we're coming to the table as capitalized as possible so that mm-hmm. as those things fail, we're not caught with our pants down and without money in the bank. Like exactly. being able to weather those storms is is pretty crucial. Another thing I want to add into the the losing money because in real estate it's actually very difficult. I would say to lose all of your money. The the most likely scenario where you would lose all your money as a passive investor in an apartment syndication is because you gave it to a crooked operator who mm. absconded to Jamaica with yeah. your all your money. They didn't even buy the property. They just took your money and ran. Like mm. that would be the most likely scenario where you would lose all your money. Yeah. And if you listen to our content, you've heard us say it a million times, the most important thing that passive investors need to do is they need to vet operators before they start vetting deals. And if you do that properly, the risk of that happening is is quite low. Um, But a a few other things to point out as far as mitigating the risk of losing money, we only do cash flow positive properties. There's some people out there that'll go into properties assuming that once they get to point X or point Y, they're going to start making cash flow from a deal. 
Whereas we only do deals that produce cash flow from day one and there's upside potential from there. Another thing that mitigates the risk of losing money because we start getting paychecks from day one from positive cash flowing properties. And we invest in strong markets. Um, you know, we don't go into uh, markets that are, are, you know, appear to be maybe screaming hot, but have some other risks to them. We, we look at markets that are very diverse in their job market. They're stable. They've responded well in previous recessions. And so good job market, or I'm sorry, good market, um, inspecting the properties and only doing cash flow positive properties are some of the major ways that we mitigate the risk of ever losing money on a deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and also coming in well-capitalized. Some yes, operators, sir. they do not come in having raised their CapEx funds and then they take two. that out of cash flow. Yeah, that's number two. I wanted to kind of kind of bucket it because it's kind of tied in with losing mm-hmm. your money. If you come in undercapitalized, yeah. the margin of safety is so much thinner. Your likelihood of losing your money is very, very high. And this is this is something that some operators will do where they won't raise all the CapEx funds at the beginning of the project with the idea that they will just siphon out of cash flow distributions each month and use that to pay out the cash, uh, the mm-hmm. CapEx. But the problem with that is, let's say cash flow is light, like you have some tenants that don't pay or there's something that happens and it takes longer than expected. Well, then the project can't move forward because you're not, the, the, the cash flow isn't there like you expected it to be. Yeah, it's so a slippery now, slope. Exactly, exactly. So now you can't do the repairs, you can't get the new tenants in there, you can't get the higher rents. Like it's it's one thing after another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very uh, it's very tempting to try to get into a deal for as little money as possible because that will bump up your projected returns. Because if your denominator is lower, the amount of money you you need to get into a deal is lower. The same amount of money coming back at you is going to be a higher return on a percentage basis. So it's tempting for operators to try to be as as skimpy as possible with the budget. But you know, kind of leading into number two. Second biggest risk in real estate is undercapitalization, and I guess at the uh, same time we could throw in their over leverage because they're kind of uh, they mm-hmm. kind of end up with the same kind of risk. Same effect. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. What's our what's our next big risk? Um, undercapitalization, over leverage. Um, really, the the main thing that we want to say about that one is um, even though it lowers the returns. Uh, we don't do debt to fund our CapEx. We come in with cash on day one. So the money is sitting in the bank to fund any improvements that we're going to be doing. We also have money for reserves sitting in the bank from day one, um, just to make sure that in addition to those CapEx repairs that we're going to be doing over the life cycle of the deal, we also have a rainy day fund for all that stuff that we didn't anticipate. So those things, although they might drop our projected returns a point or two, uh, reduce the risk profile significantly in our deals. And not everybody does that. It's definitely worth looking at. And then next one is going to be uh, more of a macroeconomic issue, not really something you can um, uh, vet out when looking at deals or operators per se, but it's something you need to be aware of. Um, What if the market just takes a bath and gets really bad, right? That is a risk. A bath is not a good thing in this scenario, right? No, a bath is is down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We don't want to take baths. And and honestly, like we could use COVID as an example of this, Mm -hmm. that, that was a real thing. And so again, for us coming in well capitalized and buying cash flow, cash flowing assets from day one, these are ways of mitigating the the macro market risk. Because even if the market has a correction or just a big dip, it doesn't matter because we have a wider margin of error to play with. Whereas if you don't come in from day one with your CapEx, let's say, raised and you are have you don't have a cash flow generating property, then 
if anything goes a little bit wobbly in the market, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it a lot more than if you had been prepared. So, mm-hmm. yeah, one of the biggest things we do to to mitigate that risk, and they already mentioned. We're already we're always well capitalized. Uh, another thing we do is we uh, really stress test our deals aggressively, and we have a very pessimistic lens that we look at every deal through to make sure that if the worst case scenario plays out, that the deals we are getting into still pencil out. And that means that we don't do as many deals as some guys out there, uh, but it also means that we don't put ourselves in uh, uh, sticky situations with deals that might not perform that well if there is some sort of unfortunate economic event. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'll point out here too is, you know, for us, we're vertically integrated. So we handle property management in-house. We have a team that does that and we invest in our backyard. And so if the market does weird things, one, we know our market really well. We're we're the local experts. And so we know how to navigate those waters. And second, because we're the closest to our residents in terms of the property management, we're able to work closely with them to get them the help that they need in these rough economic times where there may be a high unemployment rate, but there's still a lot of money out there in the form of aid. And so those are some non-intuitive ways that really help us de-risk our personal investment. And then one other little quick bonus on that, just reducing the macroeconomic risk of a market change is we always have a very forgiving, I shouldn't say forgiving, but we have long terms on our debt, which means that we have the ability to sit tight and not do anything for a long period of time. If there's some sort of shift in the market, we need to sit and wait things out. Ideally, we like to do a refi uh, pretty quickly after getting a property to return our investors' capital in a non-taxable event. Uh, but given our debt terms uh, that we put on our deals, we have the option to sit there for many, many years. If there's some sort of pullback in the market, we can wait until there's a, a good time to make a move, whether it be a refi or a sale. There's other operators out there that get in with bridge loans or shorter term debt that might have some really attractive terms with respect to the interest rate uh, or maybe an interest only period, but they put themselves into a situation where they're going to have to do some kind of capital event, whether it's a refi or a sale at a certain point in time. And if that falls in some sort of economic downturn, that's not too good of a situation to be in. A little bit troublesome. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, another another risk, I'm going to jump straight to this one. I think we had it on our list a little bit later, but I'm going to put it here because regulatory changes, whether that's in the local MSA, like our city council is trying to put through rent control, let's say, or harder screening criteria, make it more difficult for landlords to operate in general. This is a risk because you just you can't predict what the local councils or the city is going to do. But what you can do is be the local experts and have your ears close to the ground. You know who to who's, who to talk to, who to get your information from, and you know how to navigate those waters. And again, this is one of the, the big pros in our book for operating locally. Like we really understand the, the political climate in our markets. Whereas if we were trying to invest in multiple remote markets, we, we probably wouldn't be able to keep our finger on the pulse in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much of that stuff is hyper-local with various cities and counties making decisions that can impact a deal. Or if you're all over the place, like you said, Anthony, that's tough to keep track of. Um, so, And then also another thing that we do is we just have uh, you know fairly um, – I don't know what the right word is, but our business model isn't hyper aggressive, right? So even if some of these things come to fruition, we can still, yeah, we're 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 slow at our business plans, which is again something that's fairly conservative. But if any of this stuff actually does end up coming to fruition, we can still keep doing exactly what we've been doing because we're not the types of guys who who get a property and within a couple months of taking it over, we're jacking the rent up twenty percent on people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really those overly aggressive business models that are. Going to have issues with the with the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
that I think we're at our 10 minute mark. So that is all the risks of real estate that we're going to be able to get through. We might do a follow-up episode. I don't think there's too many more risks to really dive into. Once you get your head around these ones, then you kind of understand the global landscape really. So that is going to do it for us here at Multifamily Investing Made Simple. We appreciate you taking these 10 minutes out of your day and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.